Welcome to the Drop the Mic podcast number 23. Today we have an awesome podcast, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking. I do have a few announcements to make. Um, first, uh, don't forget March 21st, we are doing another one of our happy hours. Uh, for filmmakers and television people and entertainment and media and VR. Everyone who is creating and building and working in the media entertainment is more than more than welcome to come and join us. We have a great turnout last month. Really awesome. We're expecting another turnout to be very awesome. Uh, it's going to be at Dewey's Pub on um, 30th Street near 7th Avenue in Manhattan. Uh, it's going to be from 6 to 9 on the 21st. You should come. Go to our website at newyorkfilmloft.com and sign up. The event is right up there. Or, you know what? You could kill five birds with one stone by just joining our community. If you join, go up to our website, join us. It's free right now. And it won't be free for long because we're closing our open enrollment soon. Actually, tomorrow at midnight so i would get up and start signing up right now just go up to our website at newyorkfilmloft.com and you'll can you'll see join the community button click that sign up and come network with all the film people and the vr people and the editors and producers and writers and actors everyone making it happen um, you and you know we we do a lot of events, so you'll learn about all the events before everyone else. You'll even get some discounts. You'll get some free events. You'll get invites to other events. You'll get discounts on resources and equipment and services. You'll get access to our mentors and 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 our advisors. We have some amazing companies and CEOs and CTOs and all the O's, the Dodios from the industry that, you know, they just they're super people and they just want to help you make more stuff. So, join our community. Then, you know, get involved and do stuff. We have writers groups and panels and stuff. It's awesome. Um, also, um, coming up on the 22nd, uh, one of our partners, Binge Wave, it's, is doing an amazing, um, they're opening up, you know, screenings and films uh, to local locations throughout the New York City area. So small communities can get out, see good film, have dinner, watch, you know, a panel or filmmakers coming to talk about the films. This week, they've got a great film called Flexus King. It's going to be playing at six o'clock at Brooklyn Commons on the 22nd. And um, they all, I mean, so it's full dinner. You know, chicken and fish and ribs and macaroni and cheese and garlic bread. I mean, it's a full, full spread and wine and soft drinks. And they're also doing a dance competition. So you'll get to see that and, and be able to, you know, judge it and, and all that good stuff. It's a, it's really going to be fun. This is not your grandmother's film experience where you just buy a ticket and go to the theater or watch it and go home this is a real community event and we hope that you'll you know come out watch great film eat some awesome food be around some cool people it's really going to be awesome and you can go up to our website at newyorkfilmloft.com there's an article up there, the events listed up there. You can click the link to RSVP, I mean, or register to get the tickets. All right. Um, I got the sniffles. I don't know why suddenly. Hmm. Uh, great podcast. Really 
awesome person. Jenny Paul, actress, she is super. And for those of you who haven't watched it, if you haven't watched it, you better watch it. This is good. The Looming Tower, which is a new series on Hulu. And it's got an amazing cast like Jeff Daniels. Everyone knows Jeff Daniels. He's been in so many good films. Uh, Peter Sarsgaard, who is another, I mean, of the Sarsgaards, he's pre-Sarsgaardian. And, um, you know, and Jenny Paul's also in this film, so she's going to come talk a little bit about doing that. She's also, I mean, she's doing awesome stuff. Like, she's also um, going to be in the new Jessica Jones series. So, this she's having an awesome time she came she was awesome we kicked back relaxed and had some conversation and uh we're gonna you know i'm gonna share that with you in a second and uh you know uh, i'm gonna roll the thing i can't believe you two took that raving lunatic seriously what do you think this is <laughs> First of all, thanks for being on the podcast. It's oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely incredible. I actually, um, it was so funny because when we connected, I think it was on Instagram originally. Yeah. And right around the time, I had just started seeing promotions for the Looming Tower. Oh, so, yeah. Are you in New York? I am, yeah. Yeah, they're doing a really nice job of that here. I wonder if it's like. I wonder if it's like anywhere else at all, but New York, they got it covered. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I was, uh, I, you know, before I even, you know, we connected, I was like, hmm, that looks kind of interesting. I need to check that out. <laughs> and um, I actually uh, watched the first episode yesterday. Oh, do you like it? It was, it's, you know what? It is very, it was absolutely outstanding. And, it, it was awesome to kind of see um, all the actors. Like, whenever there's a SARS guard involved, you know it's going to be a good film, right? So anything <laughs> SARS guard involved is something going to be good happening. And then you add Jeff Daniels into it, Michael Stolberg. I mean, it's like a, like a you. I mean, you're you were in a great great project. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's you know, it's like is a hard word because. It's hard to like something like that, but it's just, oh my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh and, my God. And it was, um, I thought it was, it, it had a, like, it, it was like, it was like watching a, like a little taste of Homeland, a little taste of the newsroom, a little, oh, yeah. it had like a little flavor, a lot of different things, but I thought it was different because they used actual footage from some of the interviews of Bin Laden, which I had never seen before. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. I was like chills. I mean, I was, I guess yeah. I was 16 or 15 or 16 when that happened, but I was like, Oh man. Yeah. So and of course we didn't really know who he was like right. until a right. few years later. Yeah. Yeah. That's what was so fascinating about this because it tells like, I mean, you kind of get a glimpse into the plan before the plan was the plan uh -huh. and all of the, discourse and complicated interworkings of this interagency relationships which i thought was fascinating yeah absolutely so how so tell me like how did you get on how, like so did you audition like how did you get involved uh, i did audition um mm -hmm. i was in i was called into the casting office av kaufman mm -hmm. um, for the role of margie okay which is um uh is uh, Jeff Daniels' secretary. Okay. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. And so she's a she's got a regular role on the show also. Right. And you're back on that. And a week or two later, they called me for another role, one of the sisters, which is what I ended up playing. Okay. And then um, 
they put me on hold pretty fast. And then a month went by and I hadn't heard anything. So I assumed maybe I didn't get it or, you know, whatever. <laughs> and then um, I called my agent and I said, should I take this off hold? And she was like, probably, but let me just call them just in case. And she called and they were like, no, 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 no. She's like on the short, short list. Do not let her off hold. And I was like, oh, that's, that's good news. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So it was really kind of great. I mean, I, I, I did, you know, I went in, it was a really easy, you know, audition process for a really very highly, you know, lauded casting director yep. and went in and, and read, you know, twice for two different roles and that was it. And where was that film? Is you filming here or is uh, that... that that part of the movie, the or the movie, the the series that I'm in was all New York. Okay. Uh, I know they also shot in Morocco. I think they shot in Canada and mm. South Africa. Right. Wow. The other stuff. Yeah, it was a good. Uh, I mean, so it's a it's a. I'm actually looking forward to watching the rest of it. Uh, it's it, it was quite uh, quite engaging actually. Yeah, I mean, it was just. Just, you know, you, you do it and you're like, the inevitability, you know it's coming. But right. at the same time, it's like, oh, well, maybe, no, it's got to happen. It's still going to happen. And you're in like several episodes, correct? <laughs> yeah. So I'm in a lot of episodes. I don't have a lot of um, meaty stuff in a lot of them. Because sure. basically, the characters for Peter Sarsgaard and um, Ren Schmidt, who mm -hmm. plays um, – uh, the other character in those scenes are the leads in that part of it. And we're sort of the backup as the series moves into like mid season, when they start getting into more of the politics of the CIA versus the FBI, rather than the action of the, you know, the embassy stuff. And, and once you watch, you'll know that, you know, yep. and you watch that, that some of the more action stuff leads in the series and some of the more action stuff leads out of the series. So when they get a little more into the, the inner workings that's when you see the the cia agents sort of have their their moments right 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 so all of our stuff was filmed in a in a set in the bronx in new york oh wow okay i mean i don't want to give too much away for those people who haven't seen it yet but you should right, see right. it but it's because it's really really good and you know hulu is you know they're killing it dude I mean, they're, like, they're really coming up in the ranks i mean did you see handmaid's tale you know what Every time I'm like getting ready to watch it, something happens and I can't watch it. And I want to watch it so bad because yeah. everyone I talk about, talk to is like, you have to watch it. You have to watch it. Well, it's a lot. It's a really heavy show, but it's really good. It's, but you know, it's, I kind of think it's, I mean, it's not the same, but you know, sometimes you'll read a novel or you'll watch a show and in order to sit down and commit to it, you really have to commit to it yep. because it's just, it's viscerally a lot to take in right. a lot of feelings a lot of you know devastation a lot of you know hard things to deal with and it's not light viewing right um but if you know if you ever do get a chance to do it it's just it's just and i think that's why it did so well is it's just so rough but yeah. it's just so well done you yeah. know it's like fahrenheit 451 or one of the you know one of the classics where you go okay well this isn't really a happy thing You're but right. at the same time it's just so good that right, right. it you know it's worth it's worth carving out the time and the energy for on a day where you don't want to just watch fluff yeah yeah and i'm you know yeah i think you you learn to balance it out right it, you you got to watch something that has some some substance to it and then you watch you know something funny or something lighter you know to kind of take yourself down um so you are you know being in front of the camera is something you do but i also understand you you also behind the camera is working as producer on some projects as well, huh? Yes. Um, so the big one that I've got working now is a, um, a short film that's, uh, that just actually finished post-production this week. Oh. Um, and it's going to hopefully some of the top tier festivals. Um, it, and it's starring Cameron Douglas, Michael Douglas's son. And oh. it's his first, his first, uh, uh, I would say post prison movie. Um, he's oh. been a prison for a while he's the nicest man i can't hmm. even imagine what you know he would have been like in prison but um, <laughs> but this is his first movie after he got out and he was in new york and uh he's buddies with a, uh, one of our producers and hmm. and they pitched it to him and he said yeah let's do it so it's really a you know it's kind of a star vehicle sh uh, movie about hmm. uh, a man that's a graffiti a reformed graffiti artist who you know went to rehab and came back and decided he wasn't gonna 
you know, do all the the bad things he was doing that were that were not serving him before he went. And then this the story takes place where he's he's seeing the World Trade Center for the first time. Interesting, uh, interesting coincidence. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah, so that the story is written that you know he sees the 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 World Trade Tower for the first time, and his friend sees him looking, and he says, you know. He says, I've never seen it before. And he says, where have you been? And he says, traveling, you know, so it's, that's the beginning of the movie is that he's seeing, you know, the world has changed since uh, he went away to his rehab and, and, you know, decided to not kind of be in the underground world that he's in. And he's a really um, talented artist, the character. Hmm. So he's drawn, but, you know, he's pulled between wanting to be an artist and, but wanting to legitimize his art in a way that's not, bad for him personally sure. but he's also a legend in the graffiti world so it becomes this pull of do i do i stay a legend in this world or do i find a way to legitimize what i do and you know kind of join the quote-unquote real world and and pull out from sort of the graffiti underworld and it's just a really cool piece you get to see all of this you know interesting stuff we we filmed all over Bushwick and, and Williamsburg and some of these really cool places where they have raves and they have graffiti art and, you know, just, just really cool stuff that you don't really see on a regular basis, even if you're a New Yorker. Um, mm. so this just, is uh, the dead layer, right? Yeah. This is called dead layer. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so the, the film that's going to festivals is, is a short that's effectively a teaser for the feature that's going to shoot next year. Oh, cool. So, I, yeah. love, I love when people turn their shorts into feature films. Oh, it's, well, I mean, this one, this one was written as a feature, and the the principal producer, his name is Carter Winter, mm -hmm. is a bit of an unknown. So it was better in terms of gotcha. making sure that he could really produce and direct something that was gonna, you know, that was gonna kill it effectively. Sure. And he did a a beautiful job with it i'm i'm the i'm the like the second producer the line producer and the you know a you know a co-executive producer but he really did a fantastic job kind of heading up that project that's wow i, I tell people like sometime there was a friend of mine a, a few years back who had um was working on their feature for it was their first film but it was also a feature film and you know, they had they, they struggled with trying to find financing for it. And I, I think a lot of it was because similarly, they, they hadn't, you know, as brilliant as a writer as they were, they, it was tough for investors to kind of get behind a film that, you know, was their first project and their only project. So um, we kind of suggested he make it as a short first, but he. He actually went ahead and did the the feature, and but it took a few years for him to get the money. He finally got it, and it turned out well. But I I, I usually I'm I'm kind of of the mindset that you know if you're trying to bring you know build your your street cred for yeah. you know uh, short films web series are great ways of doing it. Well, it's also a nice you know, and I do a lot of um, what I call passion project work, and that's sort of what I really love is you know projects that don't have a ton of money but they really are gung-ho about the vision right. um, and and it's really a way to get your feet wet if you're not of that world and you don't have a lot of experience and that way you know any quote-unquote mistakes or things you want to change for a bigger project you've already kind of made your rookie mistakes on something shorter sure. so that so that you can go into a feature with full confidence that you know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for first time directors or first time screenwriters or, you know, even first time, you know, big actors, whatever, whoever is, you know, the creative behind the project, it, they can really understand how the, how the business works so they can make their, they can make their choices more wisely and, and more effectively when they do the bigger project. Yep. Yep. I, I totally agree. So let me, let me, so as actor, and as producer, where do you, where's where you think you want to, or I mean, you could probably do both, obviously, but you know, if but if you had a choice, is there like a place that you you prefer being? Is it in front? I or? I, I don't know. I I, I kind of like them both a lot. Um, the thing about acting, and you know, this can change if you end up with a a big role in a series or you know, big projects or, or whatnot, you're a really important cog in a very large and in intricate machine. Right. 
as, as it were, as an actor. So you're, you're very important, but you're also not in any way responsible other than for bringing your piece of the puzzle to the puzzle. Right. Um, it, it's a lot, it's a lot less, in my opinion, pressure. And now I've been doing it for a long time. So, you know, there's associated pressures with just feeling put on the spot. And, you know, when you start acting and just getting, getting the nerves out and things like that. But once you're sort of in it and you do it for a living, you're there to, to do your best version of the job you're hired to do. Sure. Uh, with producing, you're effectively the architect. You're in charge of everything. So it's really a totally different mindset and skill set because you're designing, you're designing the puzzle rather than bringing a piece to it. Um, mm. So it's a totally different mindset. And, and acting, for the most part, is actually a pretty um, non-time-consuming job, unless you're, you know, Mariska Hargitay in uh, <laughs> in SVU, where she's got a full-time job for twelve or you know fourteen right. years, doing, you know, playing lead in her own show. Right. There's just a lot of time to sit around and wait for auditions, wait for calls, you know, yeah. producing your own stuff while you're waiting. Because this year I did Looming Tower. I also did Jessica Jones. I probably only really worked 20 to 25 days this year. Right. And so just in, in, in perspective, it's not a lot of time to work. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, yeah. it's, it's out of 365, you know, you add a few days in there for, for auditions that run long or whatever, but it's really just, it's not that time consuming. Right. right. Um, so there's, you know, there are other pieces to it. There's, you know, the PR element and there's the, getting your name out there and auditioning for everything you can get that, you know, that fits your style and that you want to work with, but it's really just not a full-time job, even when you're getting full-time status for that job. Sure. Uh, like I said, unless you're, unless you're Amy Poehler in, uh, in, uh, <laughs> in Parks and Rec, or if you're, you know, you know, if you have a, if you have a job job like that, um, but even film actors, they only act for three, four months and then they're done for a while and then they pick up another movie and yeah. they do it for four months and they're done. Yeah. So it, it's just not it's not a full life. And the nice thing about acting is that unlike some of the other artistic fields, because of that, I have a real chance to sort of live a, a life like a real life. You know, I, I have a, you know, a fiance, I'm, I'm leaving town in a couple of days to meet my new niece. Like I'm able to do that to some degree because my, my job is flexible and infrequent as it were. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely, yeah, I, I, I started out in the acting world, so don't, I know exactly what you mean. There was, <laughs> there was a lot sure. of auditioning and I, it, it was, um, it was, uh, it was at a time when there wasn't there wasn't as many I think uh, film um, opportunities for like like there weren't a lot of many actors who were trying to produce or direct. They were it was kind of like this kind of clear line where if you directed you directed and you acted you acted unless you were doing theater or something like that or or if you were playing in the stand up or improv world where you were doing different things there. Um, yeah. You know, but I think nowadays um, entertainment is almost like being in the startup world where you you almost you most actors have more than one hat on at some point in time. So, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think when I'm, you know, I'm, I'm I'm revealing my age here. But when I moved to New York 10, 11 years ago after college, um, it was still that way. Right. And it didn't really until until my early maybe mid twenties did the landscape start shifting to the self-producing. And I think it's our same around the same time that Netflix and Hulu and all these mm -hmm. other networks were becoming content was becoming key or, you know, with that, with the networks not being universally in charge of everything always. Yep. And I think, I think that's only happened in the last five or 10 years. If, if, if even that, frankly, um, I know I jumped on the web series bandwagon pretty early um, because I, I think I was the first of any of my peers in New York to do a web series. Um, and I did one, I guess I was probably about 26 or 27 when I started it. Um, and I did it because that was the way to get seen. That was, you know, you have, you have to, somebody says, Oh, what do you do? And you say, well, I do theater and they go, Oh, well 
I don't live in New York, so <laughs> let me know next time you're in Texas, you know, or whatever. Right. Um, so it was a way for, you know, casting people, agents, even my family to see me work because they don't live in New York. Um, and if even if they do live in New York, it's really hard to get somebody to go see a show that's not a Broadway show or even just a high-level off-Broadway. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, so you moved here after. So let me ask this: So you moved here after college? Was uh -huh. so in college? Was this like where you got the bug to be in entertainment? <laughs> like, how did that all transpire? I think I probably got the bug in high school, but I wasn't thinking about it as a serious anything. I thought, oh, this is fun. Um, I did theater in high school and then I went to college for pre-med. Mm. Um, my parents are doctors and my dad, especially my dad really loved it because he really loved taking care of people and he loved being, you know, sort of king of the neighborhood where everybody turns to Dr. Paul for advice and, you know, just for friendship. And I thought, I really want to do that. I want to take care of people. That's sort of my calling. Um, so mm. I went to pre-med and I was, I did well in freshman chemistry and I was middle sophomore organic chemistry and I was just miserable. I was getting my A's because you needed to get A's in order to get into med school. Mm. And I, what I had to do, um, but I hated it. I really hated it. And I <laughs> called my dad one day and I was just very frustrated. I was studying for a midterm. And I said, like, how did you do this for 12 years? You know, you need, it's 12 years to, to just be a doctor, you know. How did you do this for 12 years? This is torture. And he said, he said, Jenny, I liked it. Mm. And I went, huh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that. You know, and so, and so I had this revelation. I was like, well, I, I got the people thing from my dad. And I am good at science. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna, not gonna pretend like I wasn't good at it. Right. But I hated it. I really hated the ins and outs of it. I, I, you know, I enjoyed the the concepts, but not the execution. Right. And um, and you know, I kind of thought to myself, uh oh, I'm in trouble. You know, I'm mid pre med with, with <laughs> no no way out here. Um, and I had been taking theater classes to blow off steam because I was so stressed by pre med. And so at the time that I decided that pre-med wasn't my thing, going to be my thing anymore, I was like maybe a third or a half of the way to a theater major already right. um, because I was doing it literally just to stay sane. Mm. Um, and, um, and so I kind of looked at it and I go, well, I'm going to, you know, I got to graduate in two and a half years. <laughs> so let me, <laughs> let me finish the major and then I'll deal with maybe getting a second major or trying to figure out what I want to do or whatever. And I ended up just staying in theater. And I, you know, I think I could have gotten two majors in theater by the time I graduated because I just liked it that much. Right. Um, right. And most of it at the time, I didn't really think I was going to end up actually being an actor. I, again, thought that was one of the dumber things I could choose to do, um, <laughs> which it probably is. But, you know, sometimes, sometimes intelligence doesn't win out in those scenarios. No. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I was like, well, I can't, I can't be an actor. That's 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 idiot that's idiocy you know what is this and then i had a met i ended up with a mentor my senior year who had been on a um on a series in the 70s called an 80s called knots landing oh knots landing yeah, yeah. He, she and i met in boston you know randomly and we ended up you know kind of being buddies and she mentored me and you know at some point she's came to my shows and thought, you know, she said, well, are you going to New York next year? And I said, no, no, I'm not, you know, and she said, why not? And I said, well, well, what would I do there? She says, act. And I said, what? No, mm -hmm. you know, I figure I'll just go to grad school or figure it out or whatever. And she says, why not try? And, you know, she kind of, she kind of talked me into it a little bit. <laughs> and I started auditioning on the weekends in my senior year of college and, I booked something before I graduated, and so I graduated and moved straight here to rehearse the first show that I booked. Wow! That's, so it, it wow. kind of happened to me in a, in a way because I was I was standing in my own way in terms of what I wanted because I thought it was a stupid idea. Mm, yeah, I mean, is the story of most actors. <laughs> exactly, exactly, because you know, if you're, it's kind of acting has always been, it's always 
it's like you're either battling your friends and family to make you to 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 make them believe it's a legitimate career or you're battling yourself to uh -huh. convince yourself it's a legitimate career or you're doing both you know and <laughs> that's right and well uh, you know i think i was i think b for me i think my fa my family was a little confused at first i think because right. they all thought i was going to medical school right but um but they were pretty supportive i mean that's there awesome. wasn't any major anything that's awesome. um i on the other hand was not so supportive of me because yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, it's so hard i mean because you know it's not like you know what it is when you go to college you know i think there's this myth in a lot of ways of this is going to be what you do for the rest of your life whatever you mm -hmm. do here will be who you are forever and ever and you, and but they don't tell you there's a asterisk to that and that asterisk is if you like it if you enjoy it this was what you'll do if otherwise you know you have options you can you can do other things it may be a little harder but it's there if you choose to decide to do it and you know it act i was you know like my family same way was very supportive they didn't my mother my actually it was my mother uh when i guess when i was in high school or junior high junior high probably she wanted me to be like an actor or a model or something and i was like that doesn't are you are you kidding me or something i, I, I gotta eat i gotta eat food yeah, gotta, right? you know who's i mean you know uh it wasn't until after high school or college college until you know, I did a few theater things in college, but I hadn't done it because I wanted to be an actor. I did because someone said, hey, I'm doing this. Would you help me? And I was like, all right, you know, sure. And uh, just after college, I realized I hated what I was doing, too. I was just like, this sucks. And, um, <laughs> it, you know, this I just couldn't see myself being in an office forever. And, um, yeah. yeah. Well, you, you get to that point where you you think to yourself, okay, well, everybody else sucked it up, so I will too. <laughs> yeah. You know? And yeah. then you realize that not everybody sucked it up. Yeah. Like my father, he didn't suck it up. He yeah. really liked it. You know? Yeah. yeah. There are people that probably did suck it up, I'm sure. Um, but it, he wasn't one of them, you know? And so... You know, I'm sitting there going, okay, well, maybe there is an alternate option here where mm. I hope, I hope people, you know, wh wherever they are, whoever they are can kind of figure out that, that you don't have to hate it. Yeah. You know, right, there's, right. you know, and I, and I do believe to some degree that people have callings to certain things. My, I don't think my calling is acting per right. se. Mm -hmm. Acting is a way of expressing, I guess, what I would call my calling, which is empathy, you know, and, mm. and getting to know people and understand people and be there for people. And mm -hmm. that sort of, that's my calling. So I probably could have done a handful of other things and been equally happy. Sure. Um, this one happened to fall in my lap a little bit and I happened to love it. So let's go. Yep. Um, but had I, had I gone through 12 years of medical school and made it out the other end, I probably would have enjoyed it. Mm. I just wouldn't have enjoyed the school. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that happens to comedians a lot. Like comedians become comedians not because they think they're funny most times. They do it out of some other motivation, whether it's to to exercise with demons or to <laughs> help other people. And I think entertainment, you know, for like actors and writers and, and uh, are kind of similar in that sense. I think a lot of times you don't, it's not because you think you're so special an actor, but mostly because maybe it's because you think what you do can help other people um, imagine this or release that or, you know, communicate this. And I think, you know, um, people sometimes misunderstand why um, actors become actors sometimes. Yeah. I, you know, I think, I think the large majority of us that stick around in the business and that, you know, have some semblance of success, they have the right, they have the right idea in mind. I think people that are in it for the attention don't necessarily last that long. 
Yeah, those are reality um, TV for them. So yeah, I mean, you know, they'll they'll have their moment and they may get some success, but at the end of the day, you can't you can't do something for a lifetime that doesn't make any sense to you. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. And, yep. And that's really what it is. And you know, I I feel strongly that that acting at its you know acting storytelling at its finest is is a people connector. You know, mm. it's either you and your your fiance or your your wife or your best friend or or your friend on the phone whoever and you, you watch a tv show and you get to talk about it and you get to have a dialogue and then as far as the characters themselves you know it's i recognize myself in that character to some degree you know and then you get the feeling whether it's you know whether it's super lucid or whether it's really specific like that but you go you have some sort of empathetic connection with what's going on then you then you get the feeling that you're not alone you know, and that's sort of the, the ultimate in an actor's, at least in, in my opinion, right. um, art is when you can, when you can do something realistically enough and, and um, I guess that's the word I'm looking for, that somebody can relate to it on a visceral level and, and have it affect them mm. in a way that they can think to themselves, I'm not the only one that did this or thought this or, you know, <laughs> or right. whatever. Mm. And out of our own heads and going okay well if there's a there's a representation of this on stage or on screen or with this character or whatever then i'm not crazy i'm not alone <laughs> i'm not the only one that's in my bed thinking to myself oh my god you know make it stop or whatever the thing is um you know <laughs> so that's sort of where i might take with it is it, it, at its best it's really a generous art sure um yeah. at its worst it's really narcissistic and awful <laughs> but, <laughs> but it you know, at its best, it is, is one of the best things you can do for a person is give them that opportunity to to have that moment. Mm. Were, there, were there any, um, you know, you know, as an inspiration of like things that, or people that you were there any people in the that you kind of drew inspiration from or? You mean actor wise or? Mm -hmm. Or, in, you know, or in, oh. in general, too, you know. I, I always attract to artists, actors, any kind of creative person that that has a real sense of identity, whether it's similar to mine or not, um, you know, where I can look at that person and go, they really have a unique or specific voice. Sure. Um, I tend to like, on the spectrum, either people that are not like me at all, mm. not even a little, or people <laughs> that are really like me. Like, um, do you know Connie Britton? Yeah, sure. Uh, so Connie Britton and I'm like, I what I do and how I act and, and all of that is very similar to her. Mm. Everything's, everything's realistic, empathetic, everything's down to earth. And, and so I, I look at her work in different things and I, and I look at that and I say, you know, I aspire to be somebody that, that connects so well with with what she does and, and can really just, you know, be herself in, in anything that she does in that way. Um, where on the flip side, you look at somebody like, I don't know, like Megan Mullally from Will and Grace, yep. who's nothing like me at all, not even close. Um, but it's hilarious and fun and, and so different from what I do that I enjoy it because it's like so far from me that, you know, that it's something that I can watch and just kind of be awed by. Um, so, you know, mm. it, it, anybody who really, you know, anybody who really does a great job I'm, I'm into, I mean, you know, I, everybody that's sort of the generation above me that's made it, you know, the, the, the typicals, but like Meryl Streep and that Benning, right. Emma Thompson, Emma Thompson's like top five for me. Um, mm. Just people that really understand their, I, I hate the word craft, but they really understand their, their role in, in bringing realism and emotion and, and, character and and their unique perspective to what's on the page mm, yeah i mean i i think that's um that's uh, for for an actor it's um you know because for me being an uh, girl as an actor i i never you know i don't think i ever really i never had an actor what i would say inspiration for um for for acting talent 
I guess it, since, but there are actors who I admire for, uh, especially in the choices they make in what roles they decide to roll with and why they decide to take these roles and those type things. Because I think, again, um, if you understand why you're an actor, then it helps in understanding what kind of roles that you want to play. And so you don't veer off or end up becoming a money grab kind of actor, which drives me batty when someone does that. Um, and I, I won't name names, but we all know what actors go yeah. back, you know. And, um, it's really, I, th I do think it's really important to have that why, because how mm. else do you spend a lifetime doing something if you don't have a purpose in it? Yep. You have to know. Yep. And if you don't know, you know, if you're new or you don't know yet, then, you know, work toward figuring it out. But at the same point, you know, how do you spend a lifetime trying for a career that's just really hard? Right. You know, it's really, really saturated market, really hard to break through. You're really hard to get seen, yep. really hard to everything. Yeah. Uh, and not have a motivation for it. Yep, yep, yep. And, and you know, I think even more so today than any ever, any time ever in, in, in Hollywood, which is because there's so many, like, you know, one of the reasons why I haven't watched Handmaiden is because there's just so much good content. <laughs> it's true. And we're, you have to pick and choose. And you everything's so good it's so good and and i just i can only imagine now that now people have gotten used to the demand for good quality content which means to me as an actor um you got to step your game up you got to really be there in the moment you have to you know and, and you have to choose characters and, and opportunities that really offer you the chance to kind of be in the the the, the environment you want to be in, but also be the actor who you're trying to be, because there's just too much content now. People are not, you know, they don't have time for people want quality. They don't want quantity as much as they want anymore. And I will, you know, that's why I was like, you know, like seeing the Looming Tower, right? So Hulu and Netflix and Amazon, they've got tons of shows. They're doing some. A lot of stuff and you know it's one of the rare times that people have sent me content that I've looked at on um, and said this is a fantastic piece of work because there's so many people putting stuff on those platforms now that it's almost it, it's you know like just because it's on Hulu doesn't necessarily mean it's good but I would think because Hulu, I think, feels like they're more picky about what they put on their network. That I I know that when I go up there, it's going to be quality and that the acting is going to be good and, and cinematography is going to be outstanding and it has it fits a certain um, quality of of uh, that they're trying to push forward. And um, I think you know you trickle it all back down. It comes back down to the actors who decided this is the kind of work that I want to be involved in and it speaks to my career. And I think that's, you know, that's something that actors need to do more of. They can't just take stuff because it's going to be on Hulu or Netflix. Yeah. Take it because it's going to be quality work when the colleague, the director and the whole team and the whole thing has been done with a real great thought to it. You, you bet. I mean, this was a no-brainer. You know, I, I didn't live in New York during 9-11. I moved here, you know, a handful of years later. But it, just the whole thing, the script, the team, the leads, everything was just amazing. There was, it was, you know, for me, and also, you know, it was a great opportunity for me. But it was a, a no-brainer in terms of sure. quality of work, sure. whether it gets the right amount of notoriety or whether it becomes a big hit or not. Who knows? But you know, I think it's going to be very, a big hit. So very yeah. proud, proud to be a part of. And and, and it, you know, I just I was looking at your uh, bio, and you, I mean, you're doing Jessica Jones too. You like seriously? It must like <laughs> on be on cloud nine right now. Like it's just. Oh, man. 
Well, okay, so not only am I in cloud nine, I'm, you know, I said this before, but like, like really when it comes down to it, all of these things are amazing and I'm very thrilled about all of them, but right. like, like, you know what I'm most excited about? I'm most excited to go home and meet my niece. Oh, like, trumps them all. Every, no, this year has been just so, you know, I, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm like, this is mm. just too much of stuff. I'm waiting. Um, but yeah, no, I have the, the, the movies and I'm getting married in May. So I'm really excited about oh that. God, it's so it's, it's been like, is huge for you. I know this is, it's just like, I can't, I couldn't have asked for a better <laughs> anything. Like, you know, oh man, that's, I, that's I can't, I, I can't be thankful enough for such wonderful stuff. Now, I know you can't probably say too much about Jessica Jones because I know Marvel and Netflix uh, are... I, I can't, you're right. But mad. what I can say is that I am in the first episode. Okay. I have a little guest spot. Um, and it is very, it's very cute and a funny scene. So um, I, I'm always happy to play, especially if it's a drama that's kind of dark. I love playing the goofy, you know, whatever character. Mm. And that... We'll see what Looming Tower has to offer. My my character had some funny stuff in Looming Tower too. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't the you know like really the humor in that show I think comes from some of the witty writing. Right. Um, um, so we'll see what happens in terms of the Looming Tower. But um, but Jessica Jones should be at least a really fun little you know a fun little scene with me and a, another actor that I that I worked with on that scene. Mm. Yeah, but you're right. I can't say much, but I am excited because you know Jessica Jones, in, in my opinion, and you know I might be a little biased at this point, is mm. is, is my favorite of the Marvel um, Netflix shows. Well, they do a so great I, job. They do a great job. I was job. thrilled because the first season was just so fast moving. It was very dark, but it yeah. was it was it was so good. Yeah. And I you know and it and when once you do Marvel, you can only do one Marvel that you're not allowed to do. You know, especially within the same set of TV shows. So it, I knew taking a role in one of them would mean that mm. I'm only going to have this one role. Um, and it's, you know, it's a short role, but it's Jessica Jones. So I thought, you know, okay, I, I, I want to do this. I, you know, um, so I, once upon a time, I was a comic book artist in Marvel. Cool. Yeah. And I, I like the fact that Marvel, um, because, you know, TV for like ages has always never cared about that right they never cared like i, I remember watching uh, law and order and watching er, like the early episodes and there's an a uh, scene in there where um a, a friend of mine is on this he plays like a criminal or some kind of drug dealer or something and he gets shot and killed and then like like two or three years later, he's on there again as a different character, and I was like, and then huh. and that's happened twice to two of my friends, and and I was just like, so I I applaud Marvel, yeah, because it's tough because that's a that's a that's a slippery slope. Like if you you know it, it's, you run out of character. I mean actors, yeah, run you run out of actors, you run out of actors. <laughs> You know, like, that's how we used everybody in Hollywood. The one, the one nice thing about New York, it's so good, though, but the one nice thing about New York is that the, the theater scene is here, hmm. so they can always dip into the, 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 right. the prominently theater actors for that kind of thing, so hopefully they do. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's funny, it's too, because you look in the, you know, Broadway playbill, at least not so much anymore, but maybe five years ago, and you read the bio, and it'll say, you know, I was on the this in this Broadway show and on this national tour and this off Broadway show in the end they have the little TV film thing and mm -hmm. every single one said Law and Order, <laughs> Law and Order SVU, Law and Order yeah. CI, Law, you know all this stuff and I was like you know you can't you can't be a legitimate Broadway actor without your Law and Order credit. Yeah, I mean everybody <laughs> I know has been in Law and Order but me. I'm like. <laughs> What's going? On? I didn't. I haven't done theater since well, college. Well, I, so I did do it once, but it was like a thousand years ago, and they cut the scene. So maybe I'll do it again. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> It used to, yeah, I think, yeah, it's like, I think if I host, um, some, sometimes I will do like these happy hours for like the industry and, and I would guess a good 80% of the actors who are in the room have all done Law and Order at some point. <laughs> so, That's great. 
So, you know what? But that's so great. You know, it's like something to for New Yorkers to subsist on yeah. while they're trying to get into all the other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, right. I mean, it was like that in um, – there was another show. Oh, uh, New York Undercover used to be uh-huh. law, the Law and Order. You know, every At some point, everybody I've met was on New York Undercover at some point. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I wonder – I wonder what it'll be now, you know. There's only one Law & Order left, so it can't really be that anymore. Yeah. I wonder if like, oh. you know, whatever the next thing is, if it's The Blacklist, or if it's, yeah. you know, like, whatever show makes it for seasons and seasons and seasons. Well, Blacklist, um, like, films outside my office is, all, like, all the time. So, oh, are you are you near Chelsea Piers? I'm, well, no, I'm down by Hudson, so I'm, like, down by... Um, Hudson Street on the not far from the water. So, uh, yep, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, they every is every time I walk to work, there would be some trucks out there filming. So um, I, maybe that will maybe Blacklist will be it. Um, maybe yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, well, it's it's doing very well, so yeah, it could be. Yeah, you know. Also, I I realized that me and you have a similar. We have a connection actually. Ooh. We were both at UCB. Ah, UCB. Ah, uh, UCB. I'm, I'm there right now. I'm taking a character class, which oh, I'm yeah. finding epically fascinating more than anything. But I like to, I, you know, I'm, I do comedy, but I'm usually the straight man. I'm usually the, you know, the one that ends up, ends up with egg on their face kind of thing. <laughs> um, but I'm always really, I'm always really excited to, to kind of learn and, and get the broader stuff in my vocabulary. Yep. Um, and I think UCB is is really the the place for that in the city. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe the pit for improv and the magnet yeah. as well. But yeah. as far as you know, the SNL style comedy and the characters and the and the kind of the broader stuff, that's where people are. Yeah, yeah. I just finished um, two hundred one sketch, and uh-huh. uh, I haven't had time. I've got I got to get back. We'll go back for three hundred one maybe this summer. And, uh, <laughs> well, I, I Every time I sign up for a class, so they have a they have a rule where if you miss two classes or more, you yeah. can't finish the class. Yeah. And yeah. I'm always getting called in for a freaking audition in the middle of class. <sighs> not like I have an audition every day. You know, I maybe have two a week or something. But every still. time, inevitably, I sign up for the class. I'm ready to go. I get called for an audition. I go, you know, I go to class and then I leave for the audition. I come back to class and they count me absent because that's the rule. And inevitably, I'm fighting at the end of every class to like actually just finish the class. <laughs> yeah, we we had um two girls, who two women who were in our my last class, and both of them missed two classes because they were both like filming. One was working on a uh, an independent film that was shooting in Canada, and the other one was I think was doing might have been. Oh, you know what? It might have been blacklist. Might have been really. Yeah, that's funny. And I was just like, and they, but we, our, 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 we, so they came back to class, and so the teacher's like, um, I'm just going to ignore the fact that someone hasn't been here in two classes. Just going to uh, ignore it. Just uh-oh. ignore it. <laughs> so well, I've, I've never been so lucky, but I think I think I only ever ended up quote failing one of them. Uh, and it was it was fine because I really I really had no control over it in mm. terms of like I was like you I, you know I got the the twice a week I'm called to do my job when I'm not on set I have to be there you know right. I can't I try to change the time if I can but that's the job you know auditioning a couple of times a week and going to set when you get booked that's the whole job hmm. so you know I couldn't it's like you know it's like I can't. I can't uh, quote unquote take off work for the one thing that's kind of an extracurricular. It's you know what I do to just be better at what I do. Mm, yeah, I mean, you, know, you know, it's the perils of being, you know, actors. We right. it is what freelance it is. freelance right up until we're not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I you know I used to do um, a lot of stand up. I haven't done it in a while and. Um, that was tough having to have a five, a nine to five job and do stand up. It was just, um, a little challenging going into work after having to do like these late shows and, 
figure out like you know have your brain all in one spot and <laughs> it was just like you know <sighs> have you seen uh, mrs mazel yet oh my god let it's me tell so you i didn't know what to expect and i was like i'm gonna watch this and it made me fall in love with stand up all over again was... oh my god it's so and they do such a good job representing that world too yeah they they some so some of that kind of it was it was funny because like i i'm i never knew some of the stuff that like like some of that kind of stuff was happening at that point in time and in, in comedy but um yeah i mean they do such a fantastic job of of giving people an understanding of really what it's like to have to go and do all like these uh, small clubs and um, trying to make your name and um, trying to, you know, not offend, but yet offend, you know, so it, it really was pretty accurate. Even, even though, you know, years later, I think, you know, when I came up, it was, during um it was you know with guys like dl hughley and 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 um, uh-huh. cedric the entertainer and bernie mack and all these guys and um it was a the clubs were a little um different uh but i would say not that much different i'd say it was pretty close to like what she was going through um but it was and she's funny i mean she was very good funny i don't know how she I I I kind of marvel at the fact that she's do she's an actress trying to play a comedian right. trying to be funny without making it seem like she's reading or like like she had to read these lines. Right. So, well, that's the one thing I think the show does really well is that they show their work. Yep. You know, sometimes they'll they'll have a show about a painter or something, and they're supposed to be this epic painter, and then you see the paintings, you're like, they're not really that epic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or whatever, but she does it beautifully, so yay for that. Yeah, yeah. It's a great like, show. I buy her as a legit comedian. <laughs> Probably is at this point, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I I would have taken her and put her up on any stage in New York right now. She would she would probably kill. Yeah, she's so, yeah, she's so good. Yeah. I, I, um that that's um that's kinda like my uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you know them grow the show and see what else they can do with her character. So it's it, yeah. it, it, great, great show. Another, another, another uh, example of great content being pushed out by the the uh, the new powers that be. And uh, <laughs> you know, right. So, um, so I it was so. I'm very happy that you got a chance to come on a podcast and, and talk to me about what you're doing. What, so what's next for you actually? Well, um, besides going to see the new, yeah, the new niece. I don't even know her name yet. Oh, they're, I think they're trying to like save it all for, I'm like, I'm dying. Um, <laughs> but, um, uh, so I'm getting married in May. So that's awesome. And then I think that, well, the next, big thing is jessica jones is coming out on oh, next right. week and I, don't, I don't know yeah it's march 8th so that's oh. i'm excited to see that because they're gonna they're gonna put the whole the whole series out the same day Beauty whereas looming tower, yes exactly looming tower they did three and then they're gonna do um one each week every wednesday so yeah. I'll, i'm looking forward to those two but jessica jones is the next big one mm. I, you know i've not had the pleasure of um, having to see my face on. Do you watch your own stuff? Because I don't watch. <laughs> I don't watch my stuff. I hate it. I just don't uh, want to see it. I do, but I I I kind of did trial by fire. So <laughs> I was a theater actor, and then I was trying to transition into TV film, and I you know I didn't have an agent yet, and I wasn't you know kind of at that point yet. And so that's when I did the web series. Mm. And so I ended up pretty much edit directing, editing with the editor, my own show. Mm -hmm. So I got past that real quick because I had to stare at my own face for hours (laughs) and hours and hours. And finally I was like, okay, 
like I had to disconnect it as me right. and just be like, okay, I'm looking at this as, as a big picture character on screen. Right. And so I, I very beautifully and very quickly to save my own sanity, disconnected from worrying about it being me. Mm. So yes, I do watch my own stuff, but I think it's literally because I just had to stare at my face for <laughs> hours in the editing room. So um, yeah, I did. I, when I did that, after, after that, everything was gravy. It was like, okay, I can handle anything. I've never, I've never watched any of my stuff, but I, 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 the funny thing about is um, I remember one time I was at, uh, I was doing a show at uh, the Apollo, and I, I hadn't watched it. They had broadcast it, and I hadn't watched it, and then like maybe a week later, I guess they must have broadcast it because I was on the street, walking down the street, and this guy stops. He goes, hey, you're that guy that was on. Da, 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 da. I was like, <laughs> Okay, well, thanks a lot. I guess I don't know because I have no idea what it was like. Oh, jeez! So I just I can't do it. I just, <laughs> but I think, you know, that's the old me. And at some point, because like right now, I'm trying to get back into the comedy side of things. So that's one of the reasons why I started back at UCB, which was to kind uh -huh. of brush up on some stuff. And um, I'm because I'm potentially writing a web series right now. Um, ah. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if I'll be in it, but just I think it helps from the writing aspect of the actual um, project. So that's great. Yeah. Well, web series are they're still they're still the thing to do if you want to, you know, it's still like I did mine in um, I think it aired in 2014, maybe. Um, oh, hmm. I mean, it's still up there. What's but, the name um, of that? Oh, it's called That Reminds Me. That it's reminds That Reminds Me, the series.com. It's still there because, you know, people see it all the time. Mm. That's the nice thing about a web series is it never goes away. It just lives there. <laughs> um, so once in a while, I'll hear from somebody that said, oh, I saw your web series. I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, yeah, so it's definitely just, you know, it's like a way to mount a presence in, in a way. And it certainly, you know, it's certainly exactly – you know, I, I don't regret a minute of it. You know, I, I learned how I got, you know, cut my teeth in producing mm -hmm. and it got, you know, got me out there as an actor. And it really, you know, now I look at it as sort of my, my grad school project, as it were, instead of going to grad school or, you know, my firstborn baby kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But, um, but it really, you know, it's a really, it's a really good place to start. And again, you know, everybody needs their first run through to figure out how to do this stuff well. Yep. So, so I'm very, you know, very proud of it still. And, you know, it's it's out there and people can see it and go, oh, that's cool, you know, or whatever. Mm. So it's def it was definitely worth it, in, in other words. So and more think, power. Yeah, <laughs> well, thank you very much. Hopefully I'll finish it. So we'll see what happens. But um, I'll be looking for it. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Where can people follow your burgeoning career this exploding career of yours what where can people find you on social media um so i am at jenny penny paul on instagram and i am jenny paul on facebook and janana na on Janana. uh twitter I like and i've been told to change them all to the same but i wanted janana na i just didn't get it on the other ones so oh. <laughs> but um but yeah and then of course you know imdb and and that I have a website, JennyPaul.info. So any of those will get you to any of the other ones of those. Okay. And <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, well, once, you know, Lumen Tower and all these other projects start to blow up, people will just give up those names for you. You can have Janana. Right. Oh, that'll be nice. No, it's it's true. I, I've always had this this problem because my name is sorta of common ish. Mm. Um, I went to go get JennyPaul.com right. back in the day, and, and I look it up, and it belongs to Jenny and Paul, who got married in, like, 2008. Oh, my and God. And their, their landing page is still there, and I can't figure out how to get a hold of them. So I was like, Jenny and Paul, if you ever feel like giving up your .com, please call me. All right, Love Jenny and Paul, Paul if you've heard this podcast, <laughs> give, up, give it up. Just give it up. Come on. I hope your marriage is wonderful and lovely. Yeah. I've heard it. Yeah. Use another name. Something. 
Je Paul or something like that. Paul. Yeah. Je, yeah, Jenny and Paul, the Yeah, there you go. That's even better. Just use that one. <laughs> Maybe uh, I'll use that one. Jenny <laughs> There you go. Guy. You just take theirs. Yeah, that's, I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And we, I personally am going to be a fan. I'm already a fan of Looming Tower. And obviously, I'll be watching you for when Jessica Jones comes out next week and we will be, uh, I'll be following you to make sure, you know, I can say, Hey, I, I interviewed her. <laughs> yeah, that was me. So. Well, I'm looking forward to following your web series and I already follow your podcast. Obviously. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much. And, uh, you know, I'll let you know how the podcast, uh, I'm actually getting together with my writing team tomorrow to go on some stuff. So awesome. Yeah. So, thank you well, so thank much. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a pleasure. Yeah, me too. I had a great time. I appreciate it. Yeah, all right. Take care. Take care.